You're listening to The Kylo's Show, a podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. In every relationship, you're pursuing one of two goals, the goal of connection or the goal of distance. And in case you didn't know, you want the goal of connection, but that can be hard. This week's episode, Danny and Brittany talk about pursuing the goal of connection, the seven pillars of healthy relationships, and you'll also get to hear an amazing listener testimony. So get your popcorn ready because this is an episode you'll want to listen to over and over again, and it starts right now. Well, welcome to the Kylo Show. We are back. We're having some fun. I'm excited about today's topic. It's a good one. We were talking about how it's kind of the everyday conversation that just naturally happens at the dinner table a little bit of whatever series of events that happened that day or conversations. So, But I haven't told you yet what we're talking about. Do tell. It's what is connection? That mm. is the topic of today. Yeah. And we're going to be pulling that apart. So it's a, it's a good one. It is. It's, uh, it's kind of like when... Anybody loses connection from Wi-Fi these days, they come unglued, right? You yeah. know, I don't have any cell phone. This is a camera. It's just a camera now. Like, right, yeah. That is kind of how it works here. When we lose connection, we kind of lose the purpose of relationship. Like, why are we yeah. in this relationship? What's the point? Because we have no connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about... Um, connection and you know we all live together in this big house so there's four adults who are all have different needs we're all mature adults we all you know it's not little kids running around but the question comes up a lot of how do you guys even do this like how do you manage to still Mm. like each other yeah but it just is that connection piece like you're saying the priority of it yeah and so because connection such a big deal disconnect Mm -hmm. is the biggest problem in the world yeah you know, I know I, we think it's disagreement, but usually disagreement creates the disconnect. And then we keep talking. Mm-hmm. We're disconnected and we keep talking. Like, oi, bad, bad, bad idea, plan. bad idea. Go back and get that connection back. Then protect what you have and you'll change the way you communicate. Mm-hmm. It'll change the fear level. Yeah, and I think that... Um I don't know that people always pay attention to the disconnect part that happens, you know, which is what keeps us in the state of not having connection is that, you know, we somehow move that goal from staying connected to protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. But so, I mean, if you were to give a definition of what is connection for you, what does that look like? Anxiety is low Mm -hmm. and love is high. Okay. You know, I mean. You know me. Keep it simple. I keep things simple as possible. Uh, Yeah, I think that if if I'm unaware of any anxiety between us, Mm -hmm. I feel like our connection is really strong. To the uh, level that I feel, think about the anxiety between us, I think our connection is either at least really weak or broken. Mm. Which is the... uh dancing around somebody walking on eggshells Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of that's a really great indicator that maybe you're disconnected Mm -hmm. if you're doing that Mm -hmm. i love what your mom says about connection she says or disconnection she says uh when i am filling in the blanks Mm -hmm. in my head we are probably disconnected poorly if i feel i feel in those those yeah, and like I wonder what I wonder if yeah. yeah I know what they when she's when we're filling in the blanks poorly, that's an indication of disconnection. So you know, shut that down, mm-hmm. back up, change your goal because your your goal is increasingly evident that you're creating distance. Yeah, that's that's a good example. So that's the uh, that's how to test your connection right there is. As treading on that. Am I filling in the blanks poorly? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I've done that a lot with um, having a teenager at home is when that starts to happen and my mind can go a little crazy, I have to quickly just jump in and go right into a room and start having a conversation because I start building a case against her, which only causes more problems mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. than to nip in the butt right away. 
Smart move. So, but it's hard to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and so when we talk about the only reason that you're doing that is mm-hmm. because you have a goal. Yeah. Your goal is to stay connected to this girl. You know, this teenager has to have a mom who has the goal of connection with her because her process of learning about life, trying to create independence, uh, find her moral compass and and code, you know, her journey of all of that mm-hmm. stuff w- is disconnection bomb after disconnection bomb after yeah. disconnection bomb. And so if the parent, in that case you, does not have the goal of connection, then she succeeds, she disconnects you, and now all of her process will be in the context of anxiety. Yes, and I think that's the crazy part, looking at how much we operate or make decisions in our relationships based off of we made disconnect and we live in anxiety Mm -hmm. rather than um, pushing forward, having a hard conversation, asking hard questions, setting a boundary, to protect connection, which I don't think people always realize that that's that's a real thing that they go together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it's all all good stuff right there. Yeah, um, the the idea that you are sending a message to someone who's trying to become your enemy. <laughs> you know, she's like rah rah rah, and you keep loving that person mm-hmm. is counterintuitive unless. You have that deep conviction, that deep commitment to, I choose you. I choose you. Connection with you is my goal throughout this whole thing. And with the kid, it's probably the best example or the best uh, yeah, il- illustration of unconditional love. You're like, all right, you know, pretty much since I met this kid, they haven't really done anything. They're so selfish. Yeah, they <laughs> haven't really done anything for me. It's all been pretty one way. Um, yeah, they're like puppies. They're cute, you know, of course. But for the most part, I stay in adult mode, mm-hmm. leading this relationship, sewing into this relationship, cleaning up the mess, teaching this person to be respectful and responsible. I stay in this mode as the parent and there's a, there's a little reward for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some compliance here and there and you know, maybe they uh you know, they made a beautiful poem or they hit a home run or something, but outside of that, it's pretty much and the parent. So that skill set and that mindset is really what you carry around everywhere. You carry this thing around in your marriage. You carry it around in your uh, extended family relationships. You carry it around in your friendships. You are the mature love leader everywhere you go if you're practicing that self-control we talked about. Which is, you know, I I think about different relationships I've had as an adult and I could say that I've done better in some and <laughs> and not in others. As we all can say. Yeah. We all report back, yes. I think, you know, it's a good reminder of the anxiety-producing key because I think that's the... My goal is always healthy relationships, but I don't... Um, I think that there's just kind of a breakdown of what am I looking for or what am I being mindful of in these relationships mm-hmm. that's leading me back to, oh, how's my goal mm-hmm. doing? Am I doing a good job of leading in this? Am I doing a good job of that? And am I leading me? Mm-hmm, you know, exactly. Am I telling me what to do? Am I am I leaning into my own mm-hmm. standards that I'm accountable to as a believer? Because that unconditional love I got mm-hmm. freely, I've received freely, I give, and that is how I end up producing the fruit of the spirit or even the pillars. Mm-hmm. Of healthy relationships, which are in "Keep Your Love On." If you haven't read yes, that yet, yes, um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said the show's called Kilo. Kilo. I just thought I'd clarify: it's called Kylo, Kylo, which is after "Keep Your Love On." Yeah, but it all the the seven pillars. I love the seven pillars. I, I feel like I use them a lot in parenting, yeah. as well as you know when we talk about relationships. But 
um, the first one is love and it, it talks about having, um, how love thrives is by having safety and connection as, as at its core. Yeah. A lot of people have some crazy chaos, some painful, you know, exchanges of punishment and control. Uh, they live disconnected most of the time Mm -hmm. and, and then they try to convince other people that they love each other. Yeah. Like you are, you know, I'm not really sure what that word means to you. Keep using that word, but I don't think that word means what <laughs> right. you think it means. You know, that that is the uh, taking our experiencing and making it fit mm. the standard instead of changing our behavior to meet the real definition of, of I have a safe connection. Mm-hmm. I feel a safe connection, a, a place where I can be me and you can be you. So that's love, which is great. The other one is self-control, mm-hmm. which is, you know, telling yourself what to do. Which and is, doing it. Yes, that is easier said than done. Uh-huh. I always use the example of um, go to Starbucks and or a, a, some drive through of a kind and make your order and then they get it wrong. How's your heart? Oh. That's yep. self-control check right there. That's, there you go. That's always the most practical, easy application <laughs> of how's your self-control in that moment. Um, so that, you know, self-control is a big thing. The other one is honor. And and kind of walking out, how am I going to bring, you know, respect and honor this relationship? What am I going to do with my... It's, it kind of, it really does go hand in hand with the self-control piece of honoring all people and doing a good job of... Two powerful people. Mm-hmm. You know, have I uh, kept in mind that you are as powerful as I am... Mm even while I'm trying to get you to see something. <laughs> that you don't see the way I do. <laughs> we either, yeah. I, my goal, it, it, usually, you know, when we know we're right, mm-hmm. is to convince you that you are wrong so that you get an opportunity to be like me, Yeah, which is right. Mm. So that's where honor typically gets dashed is in a disagreement mm. or I run into somebody who sees the world totally different than me. Yeah, which is great. I think the responsibility, you know, really kind of my ability to respond instead of react to a situation, Um, my ability to have enough value for this relationship to take a moment and pause to think through instead of just get caught in the, you know, poor self-control maybe on one side or the display of honor not being done well i think that that is another big thing that i love just that how are you going to respond to this moment instead of just freak out i always think of the i think you give the example of the little guy you push on the bottom of it and like it falls apart you know it was like a little desk um i don't know toy that mm-hmm. i remember seeing but it's kind of like one of those the old old toys old, these old, are old, old toys, toys. That, that little, I don't even it was know. kind it's of a, like a giraffe thing. or something yeah just, but that is kind of like i'm going to be able to respond to you instead of just collapse in this moment mm-hmm. and i think that has a lot to do with the respect piece mm-hmm. so and responsibility uh the next one's trust so how are we building trust in our connection exchanging truth mm-hmm. you know and that's a scary canary for a lot of folks <laughs> scary canary a scary canary <laughs> flying around the room named truth because it uh truth is happening inside of me mm-hmm. it's what you don't know about me it's how i'm feeling what i'm thinking what i'm needing that's i'm hiding that while i try to look powerful mm. while i try to look like i don't care mm. like i'm tr- while i'm trying to protect myself and manipulate you i hide truth mm. and so trust takes a beating yeah in our relationship because i won't be vulnerable and yeah. you won't either mm. that's a good one these are all really good i know these are pillars these are pillars core. for a healthy relationship <laughs> that's it the next one is faith which is um, really just how we rely on God and and how do we make space for him in our relationship? How do we letting him be the example of love? I mean, all these different aspects, but mm-hmm. really how are we bringing that into our relationship um, and what does that look like? I think this is a fun one that I that Ben and I like to challenge at home with our kids, um, you know, just to see what God does in our family dynamic. And it's a fun one to practice. It's really how you introduce authority. It's how you introduce uh, leadership. It's you, you, you have to have a leader, you know, you, 
Adam and Eve have uh, one rule so that there's a ruler. Hmm. You know, there's a rule maker in the garden. I'm just so they're so oppressed. You got one rule. Yeah. Here you go. You got one rule. God's such a control freak. And it's so that you can you can see, oh my gosh, we we have a rule maker. And that, you know, when we when we incorporate faith into our relationships, it affirms and confirms to us that we are not the rule maker. The rule maker. We are in submission to an authority. Therefore, we follow the leader, not we try to dominate each other until I convince you that I'm the leader. Mm. Which I think, you know, the the vision aspect being the last pillar, uh, having a ruler, having a king, having someone that's leading us kind of helps create vision and kind of gives this, you know, what are we doing? What's this purpose? What are we What are we fighting for? What are we protecting I, th- I think that gives so much clarity is is when we make room for God that our vision gets expanded mm-hmm. in our relationships, in our family. Um, and so that is a, I, I mean, you've always said that vision is a point in the distance that's going to pull you through the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I feel like chaos likes to rule when you have young children. Mm. I mean, it likes to rule always, but I think that it feels as if, you know, it manifests itself with the dishes and the laundry and the toys and the crying. And the, so I think that that's the, I always tell parents that are in the toddler stage that you're on the front line. So you need to know what you're fighting for. And, and vision is so much is going to help you keep going forward so that you can take the land and create culture that you want to protect in these relationships. Totally. That's a good thing. Well, that's fun. I love breaking down all of those um, pillars. I think they're, key components to kind of the questions that we'll be taking and answering and um, we'll reference them I'm sure in one way or another but it's just kind of fun to see the the simplified like you said keeping it simple mm-hmm. uh, where to point to but um, I guess that's kind of our definition of connection in a nutshell it is so premier so. let's just take a break yeah let's take some questions in just a minute okay all right hey there are you a life academy student If so, did you know that we have a private Facebook community just for you? Well, we do, and it's awesome, and you should totally join. It's really easy. All you have to do is email lifeacademy at lovingonpurpose.com. Again, this is a group just for Life Academy students. It's where we take our learning deeper, ask questions, and create community. So if you want to join this private Facebook community for Life Academy students, email lifeacademy at lovingonpurpose.com right now okay so we're gonna take some questions come on i'm excited so the first one we have is from john who's in nevada okay hi danny and Brittany. my question is for husband and wives who disagree politically we've got a close couple that we just love dearly but they fight like cats and dogs about politics and i'm sure this is Probably not that unusual of a question given the political discourse in our country and in our world, but what do you recommend and advise for couples who are on opposite political sides of the spectrum and argue nonstop and we're just watching this marriage and this relationship deteriorate? So love to hear your thoughts. Appropriate question for the topic. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking like it must get really heated come election year around November. Yeah. Well, you could insert the topic, you know, yeah, what do you, you know, money, sex, kids, family, in-laws, yeah. you know, just insert the disagreement topic, you mm-hmm. know, and you end up with that. Yeah. You know, right now it's easy to disagree about politics or ideologies or whatever, whatever. But, um, if that goal, mm-hmm is distance because of past injury, then it doesn't matter what you talk about. It, it will further your distance. Mm-hmm. It will further your disconnect. Yeah. I, I really think about just the, if my political or whatever view wins yeah. over my desire to love you well and stay connected then that's showing the goal pretty clearly Mm -hmm. and and i think that that would be the 
advice is ask yourself, is that worth your marriage? Is that worth your connection? Is that worth every time you sit at the dinner table, every time you turn on the news, whatever you listen to, you bring it in and then it becomes the only place that we have. I mean, sometimes I I feel like people want to have disconnect as their form of connection. Like that's what we do. We just have to argue about everything. And it just, it's frustrating to watch because that's what you've chosen to have such value for is where we disagree. But really it comes down to, you know, asking the hard questions is what do you want to protect? What do you want to say? And some people are not owning the fact that they never learned intimacy. Mm -hmm you know, intimacy skills, because mm-hmm. what I what I had at home was drama cookies dipped in chaos, yeah. and that's what we ate all day and night, and right? And that's family. And you're like, okay, well, you went and picked someone mm-hmm. that you could do that with. Yeah. Because that's the skill set you brought to your relationship, is you brought skills on how to manage distance from family members or caregivers, whoever it is. And so you have to go to work to change that about you, or you will 100% use politics, money, kids, sex, whatever, Mm -hmm. as the vehicle to reproduce, reproduce, reproduce what you've always known. Yeah, And so it becomes... uh, diligence to pick connection as a goal above drama cookies mm-hmm. you're like <laughs> this it feels so normal because yeah. i am just living out my my family script which i mean and and john's question like it's their friends it's not them so you know how do you give insight i think you probably just whoever you have the most connection with, which I'm assuming John has with the husband, but mm-hmm. asking the questions, you know, what do you want to do with What's this? the goal? Yeah. I think that's probably the best route that he could take because, yeah. you know, you can't change someone, but you can ask hard questions and give yeah. them our response, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is marriage counseling 101 right here. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the goal of this marriage? And I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't know what that means. Like, that was a stupid question. He's like, well, no, actually, it's a it's a very revealing question because yeah. you are not going to tell me that your goal is distance, probably because you don't realize it and you yeah. certainly don't own it yet. Yeah. So until we get to that ownership of what's the goal of your relationship, you'll you'll not know the problem to solve. Mm-hmm. You'll think, well, the problem is that. She is so wrong about this. He's so wrong about this. Like, nah, that's actually not the the dilemma. The dilemma is, what are you going to do with all the fear that comes from having this disconnect with this person, and then all your behaviors increase fear? Yeah. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Okay, John. We're we're challenging you. Go and uh, ask some good questions. What's to your the goal yeah. of this marriage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep asking that question till they say a loving, intimate connection. And how are you doing to protect that? Mm. All right. The next question we have comes from Delena from Texas. How do I keep connection with my 11 year old daughter when it seems all day all I'm saying to her is stop, listen, be respectful, be kind to your siblings, etc. So it sounds like a frustrated parent mm. a little bit. Yeah, that's 11. Yeah. Well, I have an 11-year-old who I was just talking to the <laughs> other day about the same thing because we were doing schoolwork and she's really, really helpful, really thoughtful, and then really critical and really bossy. Which I don't know where she gets any of that, mm. you know. Which, probably, probably your brother. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. exactly. And normally my conversation with her looks like, I'm not sure if you realize this, but the experience that everyone's having of you is not very fun. Mm. So do you want to be fun to be with or do you want to go in your room till you're ready to figure out what fun looks like and feels like? 
So a lot of that comes from you deciding to control yourself yeah. instead of you trying to control your 11-year-old. <laughs> or the 11-year-old and the 11-year-old trying to control the 8-year-old. And then you are setting the 11-year-old up to go control herself rather than creating an opportunity for her to enjoy controlling you. <laughs> yes. And I think this is that um, boundaries piece that we kind of talked about, that in connection there's still boundaries that are required, which is you know, we want to be around you. We want to have, you know, this time together and she wants to as well, but none of us want to be around you when that is what you're protecting, mm -hmm. which is a super critical tone, tude, just like everything about her. Is, all the stuff is, on your face. Right uh -huh, now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. that. If you could see me, <laughs> I've got all of it. Um, but that's the big thing is not being afraid to actually set the boundary and then the key element is following through with it yeah which i think is often where the breakdown starts to happen is it's easy to say you know set a boundary to say that it's a it's a whole nother ball game to walk through it um which requires us often to get uncomfortable um requires a sacrifice and i think that's part of where breakdown happens is um i'd rather say one two three and hope that that fear and anxiety in our relationship motivates you to change and adjust of the unknown but really there's a there's a connection that's needed there's there's a responsibility to our relationship there and the constant power struggle mm -hmm. between a parent and a child i mean it starts when they're toddlers yeah and it breaks the the parent down because the parent has to pack a lunch if they're going to go in and deal with this attitude, if they're going to go in and deal with this irresponsibility, if they're going to go in and deal with this homework or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The parent's like, oh my God, I'm just not up to this. And a lot of it has to do with the parent's goal of controlling the child through to obedience. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the follow-through breaks down because the parent is just like scared scared of themselves they're like oh gosh you know i'll just never mind we'll catch the next one yeah because this is going to be a battle and if, as soon as the parent begins to realize you know the battle really is in my attitude mm -hmm. and my boundary and my feedback yeah so if i can let you know how i'm experiencing you show you the truth tell you the truth uh you know let you see inside here if i actually will consistently say hey i'm having any fun hey that mm -hmm. really hurt yeah. hey um i'm not going to be around that level of disrespect right so you can come back when you're fun when you when you bring respect with you when you bring uh, when you're ready to clean up this mess and when the parent gets better and better and better at that it mm -hmm. takes so less energy to exchange and it's not a power struggle mm -hmm. it's communicating i'm just going to communicate with you and then set a boundary yeah. and uh you can go to your room or you can go sit in that chair oh you want to you want to battle oh gosh you sure you want to do this yeah. because uh your life goes because i control a few things i control permission Mm -hmm. What we do from here, yep. I control uh, all my resources, including the Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's you know? a big one. <laughs> yeah, and opportunities like, uh, hey, would you like to, or could you want to? You know, mm -hmm. I control those things. All that gets really small access to you if you decide to take on the IRS. <laughs> you know, you decide to take <laughs> on the National Guard, whatever. You know, when you decide that that's what you're gonna do then you need to understand the consequences that I do control is not you. Mm -hmm. I don't control your attitude. I don't control your mouth. I don't control your decisions. But I do control your further access to all that. That's good. Yeah. And so I think when parents, because you, you obviously, I, I watch you, you understand all that. And you're like, oh, you want to, you, I think you're taking on me. I think that I having a plan is also where I feel successful. And so, you know, there's days when it happens and I'm exhausted and I don't have a plan. So mm. there is power struggle. So I think if this is a, 
a thing that you're trying to change in your culture of your family and it's a reoccurring power struggle, go in with the plan so you feel prepared for the moment. What do you do about the sneak attacks? <laughs> the sneak attacks. The sneak the guerrilla warfare that you don't see coming. And this, you know, you didn't I didn't know I needed a plan right now. Well, honestly, I think that just having a like your pantry, a quick reference of, I know what's in there. Like, I know I could make spaghetti and I can make tacos. You know, those are the staples. There's yeah. staples in the pantry. So I think if you pull out the staples of, you know, I know how to navigate this in this moment, maybe I can't fully address all of it, but I can get through this moment, um, especially if we're out in the grocery store or with friends or something like that. Um, so having some staples, uh, just kind of a, a base foundation of a and plan. it's you know it's the pillars you yeah. know like okay I'm gonna control myself I'm gonna keep my love on I'm gonna uh, let them know the truth I'm gonna be responsible I I'm gonna stay tapped into the vision mm-hmm. you know all this. all this stuff you know you just kind of that's that's the plan A yeah no matter what happens in any relationship there you go through yeah those are the stables for sure. Okay, we have another question from Natasha. Uh, oh, sorry, no, Charles from Alabama. Hey, Danny and Brittany, thanks for taking my question. So what do you do in a scenario where you're bringing your best, uh, you're managing your half of the relationship well, uh, you're communicating your needs, uh, you're being respectful, but the other person, they're not really reciprocating. Uh, maybe they're being disrespectful or maybe they're just kind of stonewalling you or they just, or they just won't communicate what they need. Uh, and it's just it's just difficult, difficult, and you just don't know what to do other than manage your half better. But that doesn't seem to be working. So, what are your thoughts on that? And also, what if this person that you're trying to communicate with is really close to you, and it's hard to set a firm boundary that might prevent you from interacting much? So, let's say this is a maybe it's your spouse, or maybe it's somebody you work with, and you're sitting here on a project, and you can't not work with them anymore, or. Um, you know, or maybe it's your boss or something like that, and short of quitting your job, uh, how do you interact with someone and continue to engage and do what you need to do and live life while only one person is really pulling their weight? So hope that makes sense, but love your thoughts on that. Typical, anytime we ask a question in a conference or anything, you yes. know, people pretty much jump to boundaries. Yes, they do. They always like, jump in the gun. First question is, Boundaries, like, yeah, well, <laughs> how do I set boundaries and how do I deal with not getting a satisfactory response yeah, that's in the, relationship? That's the, that's the real question. <laughs> how do I, I didn't like how they did that. Can we change that? I want a better, I want a better answer. I need to think of it. This is supposed to work. Yeah. I, I'm doing, I'm doing what the book says and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, my first thought with that is that, a lot of people uh, default to still thinking they're powerless in situations. Mm. And, you know, he referenced maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's someone you work with and just sort of quitting your job. And and I think that you, really understanding how much of a powerful person you are um, changes the way that you approach situations. Mm-hmm. It changes the, the goal, it changes your strategy. But when you feel powerless, you look at everything as, there's nothing that can be done. I'm doing the best I can. I tried. I, you know, we hear all these powerless language start to pop up. So I think that for me is the one of the first things is like, are you a powerful person? Yeah. And um, and now look at this situation. And what are you going to do when you come back to the disconnect? You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do when you come back to this relationship that did not supply what you needed really to peacefully go on and i think that's probably a a common experience especially in an intimate relationship where i'm i'm not you know i told him what i needed i told them what i would do i told them my my goal was connection and they are still in lockdown yeah you know they are still uh, full of anxiety and they're still battling their goal and all that i endure i'm patient i don't keep a record of past wrongs i keep maybe reading in the trans uh, passion translation uh, first <laughs> corinthians 13 to myself 
because I am keeping my love on. Yeah. Now I didn't change the boundary. I didn't change the standard. I didn't, you know, p- begin to pretend like everything's okay. I still need some stuff. Yeah. I still require that. It's it's over here, but I may be the only one that's acting like a like Jesus. I may be yeah. the only one acting like Jesus in this relationship because you are on lockdown. Yeah. You are full of fear and so yeah, it 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 is it's so challenging. So keeping your love on is so challenging. Yes, it's a great book and it's a great challenge. Yeah. So again, if you haven't read "Keep Your Love On," you should. Um, if you haven't read it in a while, maybe you should. If you're submitting questions, you probably should. <laughs> Basically, you should just read "Keep Your Love On" if you haven't. Yeah. Um, those were some great questions. We didn't get through all of them because of time, but um, we're gonna go into a testimony in just a moment. But that was fun. Awesome. Hey there, another quick pause from the show to talk about the private Facebook community for Life Academy students. I have one more reason you'll definitely want to join, and that's to meet Ben Serple, our Life Academy pastor. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. Ben Serple is the husband of Brittany Serple, and he is an expert on relationships and the principles and practices of keeping your love on. Each week he'll be in there doing weekly live videos, he'll have Danny come on and he'll be answering your questions so that you can feel empowered with the courses that you're taking in the Life Academy. So again, if you are a Life Academy student and you want to join the private Facebook community, you're going to want to email lifeacademy at lovingonpurpose.com. All right, so we're going to take a testimony. Awesome, I love these. Yes, they're very fun. It's, It's just kind of getting to put on display the fruit that people have fought for and kept their love on for, Mm. you know, Mm. that thing that's hard to do. What happens if? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this testimony comes from Ashley in California. Hey. Hello, Kylo Show. This is my testimony of learning to choose connection. When my husband and I were still dating and talking about marriage, we were meeting with Ben and Brittany to go over our marriage assessment. When Brittany asked me a question that I'll remember forever, she said, is there anything that Daniel could do that would make you not want to be with him anymore? I quickly got a little taken aback and probably offended thinking, uh, no, can you not see that we're here to get married? There is nothing that will ever make me want to disconnect from him no matter what. And she had a look in her eye that I understand now, but Then I was just so ready to create this fairy tale I had in my mind of marriage, I was overlooking a lot of what she was meaning by it. Fast forward about a year and we get married and not long after a pretty painful experience happened between me and my husband, leaving me feeling violated, triggered, and especially not protected by him. I was in shock Marriage isn't supposed to be like this. I shut off and used the word boundaries to create a pretty big wall around my heart and disconnect at any chance that I got. I remember feeling like I didn't even know what connection felt like with my husband anymore because I had pushed him away constantly. It didn't matter what he did to clean up his mess, reestablish trust with me, or protect me. Nothing he did changed how I felt. I was so afraid and my fear invited distance. Lots of it. I am living the keep your love on culture in most of my life. So I knew what it meant to keep your love on, stay powerful, choose love over fear and stay connected. But for the first time, I was realizing that I had never been faced with a situation where I had to choose connection on this scale when I cared so deeply and was also so hurt. I remember sitting in my room crying and thinking, I cannot choose connection. I can't. I am so overwhelmed. I don't even know what to do. How do I do this? One week, I asked Anna to meet with me and I specifically told him, I need to be called out by you. Don't give me the fluff. I need it direct. And he said a lot, but one thing in particular that stood out to me was, you are not a victim. You know how to choose connection, and it is a choice. There is a lot that's happened. Yes, this has been a painful experience, but you're choosing distance now. I had a light bulb moment in that and realized that all along, I had thought that I was being powerful by protecting myself, 
and setting limits when really all I was doing was letting fear be my counselor and create growing space between my husband and I. I realized I actually didn't ever believe that I had a choice. I thought that I couldn't connect because my emotions were so powerful and fear was so loud. I had said a million times that connection is a choice, but had never actually lived it out in that way. Something shifted in me that day and I feel more free knowing that I have the choice to connect. I get to connect. I am not a slave to my fears or emotions. I get to choose love. I get to be powerful. I was giving myself permission to turn my love off because I felt justified to do so. Now I know that nothing nothing justifies me turning off my love and choosing disconnection. I can honestly say that the connection is stronger in our relationship than ever before because now something will come up and I know that I'm not a slave to fear or my emotions. I have the ability to choose something different. I have the ability to choose connection and love over fear. I no longer feel the need to justify the disconnect because when I start to feel that way, I remind myself that God gave me lots of choices and the choice to connect over running away is a pretty important one. Things still come up, pain still exists, and I will be learning that more and more for the rest of my life. But I am able to stay powerful, hold up my end of the rope, and move towards Daniel with the goal of connection. I lived my whole life thinking that this was the only way, choosing disconnect with family, friends, and eventually my husband. I think it's pretty normal for most people to live that way and to not even question it. I'm so glad that now I have the tools to connect in the midst of pain and keep my love on always. Boom. <laughs> Boom. This is a real story. You know? <laughs> yes, we, get, we get to participate in this. This one was definitely closer than some of the other testimonies, I mean, walking it out. Um, but I I was laughing at her first, back to the preparing in which when Ben and I did that with her of, you know. The look on your face. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I, we get this all the time in our, our assessments that we do with couples is they are baffled by that question might be real. And, and it's not a, you know, I'm trying to give you doomsday that marriage isn't, you know, a wonderful thing because I love marriage. I think it is it is a beautiful thing. I'm so thankful for it. But there's a storm coming. But, <laughs> man, it is it the hardest thing I've ever done. I, I mean, people often say parenting is. I'm like, I think marriage is first and then parenting. But I'm, it really is this fight for connection every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's a fight for choosing to keep my love on regardless of the storm that I feel like you've brought into my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the part that starts to feel violating is that I've chosen to partner my life with this person, but you came with a storm that I wasn't prepared for. And now I'm, I'm tied to it Mm -hmm. and, and how to navigate that. And the, the vulnerability that you offer in, you know, the, let's say you, you enter a relationship with the la la la, the mm-hmm. idealistic. This is how this is yeah. really supposed to work, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. And so you do. You do make. You know. You you open yourself up. You uh, you know. You overlook this, that, and the other thing, and then bam, you get poked right in the eye really hard. Yes, you do. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe that you did that. Mm-hmm. Please stay six feet away. <laughs> yes. You know, and let's just practice relational distance. Mm-hmm. And that's how this is going to work out, you know, so because your arms are long, but they're not that long. Yeah. And I'm going to protect myself from that ever happening again. And that seems like a reasonable decision. That seems like a smart move, mm-hmm. except it costs you intimacy. It costs you trust. Mm-hmm. It costs you really what you were dedicating your your future to. Mm-hmm. That's what that cost. And I think that's you know I I love the you know talking about the whole story. They're still in it and growing. You know I think that's the other key part of this is just because you go through one storm and you come out the other side and like, okay, well, the boat's still floating. Okay, we we can do this. Doesn't mean there's not going to be another storm. Or some bailing to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, this commitment to keeping your love on isn't a one-time deal. It's not a, I've mastered it, I'm done. 
it is a, a daily practice of I'm going to do this in all the different relationships I have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to practice keeping my love on. I'm going to practice connection. I'm going to understand that I'm that powerful of a person. Back to your uh, boat analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, most boats have the expectation that when I float around in the water, water's actually going to get in the boat. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the nature of the beast here. So yeah. they have a bilge pump. They have a uh, built into the interior mm-hmm. is a way to get water out. out? You yes. know, and that's when the the boat is dry. Mm-hmm. You know, they put that pulse system in there because they know that at some point when you float around in water, it's, it's coming. coming in. Uh-huh. You know? And that is the the life of I'm going to keep connection my goal forgiveness isn't justification it is a it's a bilge pump it's mm-hmm. like all right we need to get this stuff out mm-hmm. and and yet there is a uh, there there are consequences you know we are going to have to work through this we're going to communicate we're going to have to you know, gain some kind of understanding. Cause if you do that, like Charles's question, you know, if you pull one of those, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, 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 a boundary. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't build a wall, but there's a boundary, which means, you know, you, I only have trustworthy, careful, respectful people who have the goal of connection right here, right yeah. next to me. Everyone else is moving out in various levels. And, and you might be out there because you haven't decided to forgive me mm-hmm. or make connection your goal or whatever. So you'll be right there while we continue to work through this until we can come back together and find this place of trust where I feel like a genius having you this close. Yeah. I feel safe having you this close. I feel respected having you this close. How about you? And when you when you both have the answer, yeah, I... I I believe you that you've forgiven me. There, I don't feel punished. I don't feel judged. I don't feel. Uh, I, I don't feel a sneak attack coming. You know? No sneak attacks. <laughs> then you know we'll get to you know more of these conversations when we talk about boundaries. But in this idea of connection, there really does have to be the healthy practice of our boundaries while we work our way back to intimacy. Mm-hmm. I think about the times where Ben and I have been disconnected or are in a season of, we're just in this cycle. It feels like a cycle of I'm offended or hurt, distance, you know, and then we protect it and then we get connected for a second and then I get offended or hurt. I'm saying I because it's usually me. I'm just, <laughs> we all know this, okay? It's usually me. That's the offended one. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just, I remember when we got out of that cycle of, I really felt like protecting distance was, um, I think we found out we were pregnant with Adeline and we both had this moment of looking at each other where we just kind of lived at arm's length at because there's no, there's no level of trust because uh, there's no ability to have truth or feedback to our relationship. There was no, the, the responsibility that we carried was not in any place of being able to respond well to each other. It was just completely reaction driven. So, I mean, when you look at the seven pillars, like that's was such a key component to, we were missing those mm. in our cycle. Mm. So I, I think, you know, if you're trying to identify, you know, like Ashley's example of, you know, kind of discovering what she did here. A good question is like, where are the seven pillars in your most intimate relationships and mm-hmm. how are those doing? How are those standing? How are they operating? You know, can you push on them and they wiggle? You know, what do you need to do to support those, to change those? But I just remember when Addie was coming, we kind of had this moment where we looked at each other and we we're like, we don't want to keep doing this. You, we're going to have another child and I don't want to feel like you're against me. Hmm. And and that's really kind of how this felt is I have to protect myself from you and you have to protect yourself from me. But kind of coming to this, uh, our goal got defined, um, which I think really gave more vision for keeping our love on. Uh, you know, as believers, 
the standard really is that we have to learn that I I don't get an enemy. Mm. I don't get one. Because as soon as I love my enemy, they go away. Yeah. <laughs> we like to have enemies, I, I think. We, we <laughs> pick them. We yeah. pick them and we point all our pain at them and we justify our distance and our dishonor and our disrespect. And like, you. And we do that, you know, starting with the people that are the scariest and the most hurtful, which are usually people we're married to or yeah. we live with or we spawned, you know, like I got this, like, yo, you are scary. You are my enemy today. Yeah. And like, no, you don't, you don't have that option as a believer that you get to pick an enemy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about, I keep my love on because... He keeps his love on. Yeah. And I am a reflection of who I serve, who I follow, who 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 makes the rules. You know, we're back to one rule again. Mm-hmm. Keep your love on. Basically. <laughs> I mean, shameless name <laughs> title just, just dropping here. <laughs> Good title of a book, Lord. Where'd it go? But it's it's just the living out of love. Mm-hmm. Like love, love the Lord, love your neighbor, love mm-hmm. yourself love that's that's the standard that's leave it on Mm -hmm. that eliminates your enemies which starts with the people closest to you you don't get i don't get to make an enemy out of you Mm -hmm. because i have you know judged you yeah well there you have it folks good conversation you got to keep your love on that's back we're back to that we're back to that it's kylo not kilo yep we're that's not going true. metric right now nope, nope we're going we're keeping our love on keeping our love with on. kylo well thank you again for joining us for the kylo show and we had fun talking about connection today that mm-hmm. was that was a good one and so we are hoping that you keep your connections on mm-hmm. and that you keep your love on as well thanks for listening Make sure to join us next week when Danny and Brittany talk about Kylo principle number four, practicing respectful communication. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watching us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. And don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armerding, co-produced by Ashley Beck, Anna Hill, Lee Alexander, and Sherry Silk. Sound engineered and edited by Taylor Silk and promoted by me, Christian Zamora. We'll see you next time.